I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Alright friends, I need to caution you before you listen to this podcast. I'm going to go down some rabbit holes. I'm going to talk about some out there stuff. I'm going to talk about some scary things that could be labeled as possible fear porn. That's not my intention, but I have these ideas and connections to some things that are a little bit obscure, but I feel I need to put it out there. I feel that it's important to get this information out there to you from this perspective in case it's correct. I'm not claiming that it's correct, but what I want to do is have this information out there so if you start seeing things in the news, you can react accordingly. Okay, so I want to be quite clear as I go into this session, this conversation I want to have with all of you out there. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm not saying get ready, here it is. But I need to be clear with some of the stuff I'm going to talk about. I want it out there. I want it in your minds just in case you start seeing indicators of warnings and warnings of of some events that could possibly be happening over the next week. I know that's a fear-laden, provocative statement, but it's also that disclaimer, don't panic with this show, okay? But I do want to explore some things here. Uh, I have some uh, some news stories. I want to talk about some more. I have some relevant news stories about the integration of robotics and AI into our lives. I have a little bit of uh, updates on to surveillance state and COVID-19 stuff and uh, kind of where this is all going. And I want to share some of the work from Bill Cooper. He wrote the book, Behold a Pale Horse. Bill Cooper was one of the, I'd say, original truth seekers sounding the alarm. And a lot of the things he said in his book that came out, I think, 1991, came true. He even predicted 9-11. He predicted school shootings. He's talked a lot about UFOs and ETs and the involvement um, that they've had within our current society and historical timeline here. Talked about Project Bluebeam, which... We haven't fully seen yet, but Project Bluebeam 
Uh, I've covered in a lot of the WikiLeaks stuff a few years back, looking at these holographic projections that will trick people into believing they're seeing an alien invasion or the return of Christ or whatever it is that's going to sway, move, and motivate people. Now, as technology is advancing, I don't know that that holographic technology is going to be beamed up in the sky and you're going to see an actual physical thing. I think what this may be is something beamed directly into your mind. So you perceive it in your mind, but there's no hologram out there in front of you. Uh, and I have some news stories that will support that possibility that I'm going to talk about tonight. This is a possible reality, my friends, and we need to be mindful of it in case some weird stuff starts to happen. And I wonder if this is connected to COVID-19. Now, if all of this stuff is connected, and that's a big if right now, but if this stuff is connected, this is the conspiracy of conspiracies. This is the grand plan. So I know what I'm going to talk about on this show is a little weird. It's a little out there. But at the same time, if you've been listening to my show, you're going to walk away from this going, yeah, but it's a, it is a possibility. Because as weird as it sounds, the techno technological infrastructure is in place. And people in in these positions, respected scientists and technologists are talking about these possibilities. All right, so I want to start off with a news story here. Uh, this is a big deal. Major, major story here from November 19th, 2020 from uprox.com. The Vatican is investigating why the apparently thirsty Pope liked a photo of a model's butt on Instagram. Yes, my friends, this is a breaking story here. They're looking at the Pope who liked a model's butt on Instagram. Why do I share this? I share this tongue-in-cheek, obviously, to lighten the mood here. Uh, the Pope's account, there was a model wearing some kind of lingerie, and someone from the Pope's account liked the photo, and it actually says, liked by Franciscus. Franciscus. Uh, it's funny to see that. Pope Francis liked that, but the Vatican says they're looking into it and they're investigating it, and they gave the disclaimer that several people, administrators, have access to the Pope's Instagram account. It most likely was not the Pope who's not on Instagram um, that for some reason liked this model's butt. This is the world we're in, friends. The things you look at, the things you like, they can be uh, you know, used against you or talked about. It's public. Everybody can see it. This is uh, transparency here. Privacy is going away in a lot of different fashions here. Um, you know, and, and I want to give the disclaimer. I, I feel, I, I guess it's a little bit hypocritical as we warn about technology taking away our privacy. But this, on the other side, I'm advocating for people to learn remote viewing and telepathy, which gives you the same capability to wear down people's privacy and have access into things that people wish to keep private. For some reason, the technology seems a little bit more, I don't know. I don't like the technology. I don't know why, though. What? Honestly, what's the difference? Well, you know, I could sit here and say, well, someone's spying on me using technology, even though I'm willingly engaging in these activities. Someone's taking that information. Well, remote viewing, I mean, we, we do the same thing. We have, you know, myself, I have values. I'm not just going to sit down and go, oh, I want to know this about my friends, and I'm going to go look at them. Number one, you have to be tasked to do that. You can't. You can't um, front load yourself because then you have to question the data. But 
What's the difference? I don't know, but I wanted to point that out, my own hypocrisy there. All right, let's get into something more serious here. I want to talk a little bit about COVID-19. Number one, I try not to look at the news. I don't listen to the news, but I do go on websites um, a couple times a week to pull stories for the podcast. And I was on Drudge two or three times this week. And the one day they had a picture of a nuclear bomb going off. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And it had a banner headline, President Trump um, requests war with Iran. It was something along those lines is what it said. Like, that's a freaking scary headline. And then everything, numbers are up, COVID cases spiking worldwide. You know, they're showing these charts. And there was like 25 terrifying st- I mean this is the newspaper you would expect to see I say newspaper the, the headlines you'd expect to see during the apocalypse the end of the world it was terrifying it's upsetting to see that that's why I say you know try to unplug yourself and, 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 and go about your day there's things we need to know and there's things that are just designed to invoke that fear-based response and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later in the show Um, about the push now for everybody to stay home for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to give advice either way. I want you need to have the freedom to make your own decisions. But there are some things that I want to talk about here. Um, And they're ramping up the fear. Does that mean we don't need to be afraid? Does that mean this virus isn't real? I have personal friends that work in nursing. Um, And they've told me during the last outbreak... They ran out of rooms in some of the hospitals. They ran out of place to put the bodies. And they were putting the bodies in freezers downstairs, you know, and they said it was it was rough. It was scary. Um, so this virus is real. It is a killer. Um, but do we need this level of response? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think there's other stuff going on, which I will talk about when we look again at the great reset and i think this virus is just a convenient excuse to bring about some changes in this world okay so we'll come back to we'll come back to that but this news story i have here i think is a glimpse of our future this is from november 12 2020 ticketmaster to verify covid vaccination status of fans before issuing concert passes Okay, Ticketmaster here in the U.S. Ticketmaster is who handles the ticketing um, for concerts and major events. So this is out of Los Angeles. As an experimental vaccine for COVID-19 continues to make progress, the concert industry is preparing for a potential return to live events in the coming months. Ticketmaster is working on a plan to use smartphones to verify whether customers have been vaccinated or tested for coronavirus, according to Billboard. While the plan is still in its early phases, Billboard reports the process would involve fans using the Ticketmaster app in partnership with medical information firms and vaccine and testing distributors. Okay, first of all, this is a potential violation of HIPAA. Here in the U.S., we have a right to privacy with our own medical information. It means we don't have to disclose to anybody whether or not we've been vaccinated, whether or not we've been tested. Now, you know, it gets kind of tricky when you come to, you know, going to schools and having certain jobs, your employers require you to get uh, certain vaccines um, and your schools require the students to be vaccinated as well. This is not an anti-vax, pro-vax debate here. I'm not even getting into that. 
But now, to engage in recreational activities, we're seeing a major company who's paving the way for other companies to say, you can't come in if you're not vaccinated. You need to have the app that's going to track your medical history. Now, I've looked at several cryptocurrencies that are designed to integrate your medical history all on the blockchain. So it's there, it's readable, it's easy. You can easily share it quickly uh, and instantly update that information, and it can be deemed as credible. So there we go. Uh, This is the start of the major... Uh, surveillance state that's coming. This is your digital identity, friends. This is this is one of the goals of what's going on here with COVID-19 is to move us into this new economy. But the economy is not the only transition that they're looking at here. This is also with the digital ID that will track everything. And there'll be some sort of social credit system that comes in line with this. Now, from our, from my standpoint, from where I'm at, this sounds terrifying. This is a violation of our rights and of our privacy. And I, I keep coming back to, though, asking the question, looking at the plan for the end result. Is this really bad for society, for the planet, for humanity? I'm asking that objectively. And I'm asking that we, we evaluate that. This transition is hard and it's scary and we don't like it. And we, what what I don't like is that we're being manipulated. I mean, there's no doubting that statement right now. And I think that's what bothers me so much is that evolution on this planet is not a natural process. And we are going through a major evolution. And to get to where they want us to go will be traumatic. It already is traumatic for many of us. And it's going to get harder before it gets better. Is it worth it? Is is this what we want for ourselves? When I look at the impacts on consciousness, I'm against it. I'm against where it's going, what it's going to do to human consciousness. But if we get integrated into this system, we may not care. And I have a story coming up that I want to share that talks about that. I'm not quite there yet. All right, but speaking of COVID-19, and after this story, I'm going to get a little bit weird. This comes to us from Unknown Country from November 18th, 2020. Mood disorders and vivid hallucinations. COVID-19's devastating effects on the brain. New study has found that one in five survivors of COVID-19 developed mental illness within 90 days of contracting the disease, with patients being diagnosed with severe mood disorders, even in individuals that had no prior history of these conditions. Other neurological effects have included vivid hallucinations, even amongst patients that showed no other symptoms typical to the disease. All right, so they did a study here. This is, I'm quoting back to the article, University of Oxford in England. They analyzed electronic health records of 69 million people in the United States, including more than 62,000 cases of COVID-19. They found that 20% of COVID-19 patients were recorded as having a first-time diagnosis of anxiety, depression, or insomnia in three months following testing positive for the disease. This is about twice as likely as for other groups of patients in the same period. Okay, so you can't just say, well, everybody's having increased anxiety because of COVID-19. It's causing so much stress in the world. But what they're saying is it's uh, more likely for people with COVID than people without COVID that were still in this sample that they pulled. Okay, Uh, I'm going to skip ahead here. Let's look at uh, a couple paragraphs down. The neurological effects don't appear to be confined just to mood disorders, with some patients reporting vivid hallucinations as part of their symptoms. A doctor diagnosed with COVID-19 in Oklahoma that was admitted to the ICU had hallucinations accompanying his fever and muscle pain, including birds flying in my room, according to the patient, Dr. Michael Ward. I remember petting my dog, and I remember having people visit me who are no longer living. 
Okay. Uh, and one more. One woman in Toronto, Canada, tested positive for COVID-19 and was hospitalized when she became delirious. Despite showing no other physical symptoms, she had vivid hallucinations, including the presence of small animals in her hospital room, and imagined that she'd been discharged and was enjoying a meal in the city's Chinatown neighborhood. There's more to this article. I'm going to share it with you uh, to review on your own. Here's where I get weird, okay? Here's where I get weird. A few years back, I met a remote viewer by the name of Edward Reardon. He's now a, a friend and colleague with the crypto viewing team. One of the, I'd say, one of the world's most talented psychics. He is, uh, or intuitives. He's incredible with what he does. Um, I've seen the, the validity of his work time and again. I refer to it regularly on this show. I refer to this one conversation I've had with him countless times. It's our remote viewing QAnon data. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go listen to that show right now. It paints a very different picture than what everybody else says about Q. Um, you know, this deep state and the alliance, it's the alliance versus the deep state, and they're going to, Trump's leading it, and they're going to, you know, liberate everybody and go after all the child predators and all that stuff. Edwards data had nothing like that. What he did have was a, almost a breakaway civilization of scientists working on some kind of extremely tiny, almost microscopic nanotechnology that will be released into the air, into the planet somehow and ingested by our society. And then one day the switch is flipped and somehow it alters the consciousness of people. Now that's a big deal. Again, we can't verify that until or unless it comes true. So again, it's remote viewing data. Maybe Edward was just way off and it was his imagination making up this story. In my experience with Edward, that doesn't tend to happen. But this is one of those targets that we really can't verify right now. However, I see stories like this. And I wonder, because there's been rumors that this COVID-19 was somehow manufactured or altered. And it's got all these weird different things going on with it. I'm, I'm going to say it. It's going to sound weird, but I'm going to say it because of this data that we had from Edward. Is there nanotech affiliated with this COVID-19? And if there is, could that account for the hallucinations that people are seeing? Are they tapping into this new internet, this new network, this new signal that the nanotech is doing from your brain? Now, I know that's the, probably the craziest thing you can say, right? Well, I need to get it out there. For some of you listening, this is going to resonate. At the same time, Elon Musk is launching all his new satellites up there, Starlink. Maybe that's connected to this. Maybe it's not. Again, I'm making very loose connections. I want to be transparent about that. I don't want to sit here and, and, and Alex Jones it to you and tell you this is happening. Go get your tinfoil hat. But it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility at this point, at least from my vantage. Somebody smarter than me, please correct me politely. Okay. All right, so maybe this is out there. Maybe this is accounting for the weird hallucinations. I also wonder about the blood clots because a lot of, you know, there are patients that are reporting blood clots throughout their body. Could this be some form of rejection of the nanotech in your body and it's causing a clotting issue? I don't know if there's any scientists publicly looking at these blood clots specifically for technology. It sounds weird, but there's some weird stuff going on right now, and it's no secret. So, again, is it is it possible to beam information into your head? Well, oh my goodness, I have this news article to share with you from the Associated Press, dated November 12th, 2020. New device 
puts music in your head. No headphones required. We're getting there, friends. Imagine a world where you move around in your own personal sound bubble. You listen to your favorite tunes, play loud computer games, watch a movie, or get navigation directions in your car, all without disturbing those around you. Now that's the possibility presented by sound beaming, a new futuristic audio technology from Novetto Systems, an Israeli company. On Friday, debuted a desktop device that beams sound directly to a listener without the need for headphones. The company provided the Associated Press with an exclusive demo of the desktop prototype of its Sound Beamer 1.0 before its launch on Friday. The listening sensation is straight out of a sci-fi movie. The 3D sound is so close, it feels like it's inside your ears while also in front, above, and behind them. Novetto experts the de- uh, expects the device will have plenty of practical uses from allowing office workers to listen to music or conference calls without interrupting colleagues or letting someone play a game, movie, or music without disturbing their significant others. The lack of headphones means you are you are I'm sorry, the lack of headphones means it's possible to hear other sounds in the room clearly. The technology uses a 3D sensing model and locates and tracks an ear position sending audio via ultrasonic waves to create sound pockets by the user's ears. Sound can be heard in stereo or a spatial 3D mode that creates 360-degree sound around the listener, the company said. The demo includes nature video clips of swans on a lake, bees buzzing, a babbling brook, where the listener feels completely transported into the scene. Okay, so what this is doing, it's using targeted sound waves. It's manipulating, controlling where the waves go and beaming them within the vicinity of your ears. The article continues to talk about people, you know, if they move their head too far out of the way, all of a sudden they don't hear the sound at all and it's really creeping them out. So is this beaming directly into your brain? No, not yet. Now, I have covered previously on the voice-to-skull technology some of the stuff that's out there where it is using electromagnetic signals to beam it into your brain. I should have done more research and pulled more stuff, but there is tech out there that is doing just that. Now, you look at Elon Musk's Neuralink. He's got the chip in your brain. Okay, He's already got the first prototype that's out there that will be able to send and receive information. Again, we go back to my nanotech statement. Is it possible? And again, this is like the greatest conspiracy ever spoken about. I know you get labeled as a weirdo when you say this stuff, but I think there are possibilities now when we start looking at the tech and where it's going. Okay. Well, where is technology going? Uh, As I've said before on the show, as automation continues to take over, we're going to have less opportunities for the jobs that we see today doesn't mean new opportunities won't be created. They will be. There'll be technician jobs and jobs affiliated with supporting these AI and robots, you know, until AI and robotics learn to repair and take care of themselves, taking us out of the equation completely, which will leave us with the need to just entertain ourselves via social media and video and getting money for likes and credits. If you want to get more information on that system, look at a cryptocurrency called Kin used to be affiliated with the Kick mobile app where you can earn credits for things like likes, credits and virtual currency, cryptocurrency. All right. So we think, well, certain industries will be safe, right? If I work in construction, I don't have to worry about that. Think no more. Wired.com. Here we go. Robots invade the construction site. Boosted by advances in sensors and artificial intelligence, a new generation of machines is automating automating a tech-averse industry. Tech-averse industry. 
And what this article talks about is using a robot that is operated by a technician, but that technician needs minimal training, doesn't have to be an expert in drywall or robotics, and that robot will go in and it'll put the drywall and the plaster up in a room, taking out the trained, experienced, um, you know, uh, handyman, carpenter, um, you know, the person that does that on a construction site. Robots are now building houses. Let's not even talk about the robots that are 3D printing homes, which may be the thing of the future, but AI and robotics are, are going, they're creeping into every single industry, friends. We need to be mindful of that. Well, Dennis, where else are they going? Well, here we go from Forbes.com. Walmart, this is from November 10th, 2020. Walmart to test robotic deliveries with Cruise's electric self-driving vehicles. Walmart wants to learn whether robotic deliveries fit in with its retail operations, so it's launching a pilot program with General Motors backed cruising, uh, backed cruise using the tech startup's electric self-driving to haul groceries and other goods to suburban Phoenix customers. The project starts sometime in early 2021 and will use battery-powered vehicles in Cruise's test fleet in Scottsdale, Arizona. Tom Ward, Walmart's senior vice president for customer product, said in a blog post Tuesday. Cruise has said the electricity used to charge up its self-driving fleet comes entirely from renewable resources, which helps the retailer goal of curbing carbon emissions from its operations. Customers can place an order from their local store and have it delivered contact-free via one of Cruise's all-electric self-driving cars. Technology has the potential to not only save customers time and money, but also be helpful to the planet. It's technology we want to learn more about. Now, Again, is this just a development through opportunity or is this another problem reaction solution? Hey, we want to minimize contact among people, so uh, we're not going to have drivers anymore. We're going to let the robot fleet take over so we don't have to interact with one another and be dangerous. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Now I want to get to uh, a story I want to share with all of you. This is my Bill Cooper stuff here. I've been watching the news, I'm watching the headlines um, over the last week about Thanksgiving travel. I know it's very upsetting to a lot of people. There's an article out here. Uh, uh, let me share the article next. But it's been very frustrating. I know a lot of people, they had plans to travel, they want to travel, and now there's that fear out there. COVID-19 is spreading like crazy. Um, you're going to infect the ones that you love, the ones that you care about, you know, do we travel? Are they locking us down? Restrictions got even worse in a lot of states right now. More businesses are suffering. More businesses are, are shutting down for good. More people will be bankrupt. There doesn't seem to be a relief in sight. What do we do? So here's uh, an article. Not an article. This is page 114 of Behold a Pale Horse, written by William Cooper. And in this, he's talking about presidential executive orders and something he calls uh, NSDs, National Security Directives, that basically give the president the power of all three branches of government to make the laws that he wants without the checks and balances system. And he's talking about how that's going to be used um, against the American people, or as he calls them, patriots. So NSDD 138, this is quoting directly from William Cooper's book, International Terrorism, for uh, April 3rd, 1984, classified. Subject, 
The directive endorsed the principle of preemptive strikes and retaliatory raids against terrorists and called on 26 federal agencies to recommend specific measures to combat terrorism. Purpose? To lessen international terrorism and free U.S. hostages in Lebanon. While the NSD directive pretends to be concerned about international terrorism, it is really a thinly disguised authorization of preemptive strikes and retaliatory raids against patriots in this country. Let me read that again. It's a thinly disguised authorization of preemptive strikes and retaliatory raids against patriots in this country. When FEMA is activated, patriots will be rounded up in the dead of night. Most likely on a national holiday such as Thanksgiving. Government and Government agents and law enforcement officers in every city across the nation have received anti-terrorist training under the NSDD directive. And I can assure you the target is patriots. All right, friends, and it goes on. And I encourage you to to listen or, or read William Cooper's book. I'm not saying this is going to happen. There's a lot of variables at play here. I do want to point out that that Bill Cooper did predict some pretty big things, including 9-11 and school shootings, Okay, at a time that nobody would have thought those things were possible. And when I say predict, I don't mean psychically, I mean analytically, based on the information that he was given, because he had a little bit more of a perspective and access to information than, than we do. And those were his analytical conclusions. Doesn't mean he's always going to be right. But I, I can't, in good conscience, as someone who does this show, not discuss to those of you that listen this coincidence okay he said when fema is activated patriots will be rounded up in the dead of night most likely on a national holiday such as thanksgiving now associated press yesterday today is what the 21st so this came out on the 20th of November 2020. Here's the headline. CDC pleads with Americans to avoid Thanksgiving travel. With the coronavirus surging out of control, the nation's top public health agency pleaded with Americans on Thursday not to travel for Thanksgiving and not to spend the holiday with people from outside their household. Thanksgiving warning from the Centers for Disease Control And prevention came as the White House Coronavirus Task Force held a briefing for the first time in months. Vice President Mike Pence concluded it without responding to questions. That's not important. Um, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said pharmaceutical company Pfizer and Biotech will seek emergency government approval for their coronavirus vaccine. There's another piece. Uh, And infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci sought to reassure the public that the vaccine is safe. All right, this is all fluff here. Okay, Uh, here we go. The CDC issued the recommendations just one week before Thanksgiving at a time when diagnosed infections, hospitalizations, and deaths are skyrocketing across the country. In many areas, the healthcare system is being squeezed by a combination of sick patients filling up beds and medical workers falling ill themselves. Again, I want to be quite clear. I'm not trying to peddle fear porn here. I'm not saying this is going to happen. What I'm saying is it is curious that Bill Cooper specifically specifically mentioned Thanksgiving, and I can't ignore the fact that now everybody's being told to stay home. Why? Well, typically on holidays, people travel. But now you know where everybody lives, 
you can guarantee most of them are going to be in their own home at a time when maybe they're being targeted. So it fits what he's talking about there. Does that mean that this Thanksgiving something like that's going to happen? I can't say for sure, but I want it on your radar. Don't panic over it. Keep it on your radar and react accordingly. All right, so where is where is this all going? Where, where are we going with the country? You know, we still don't know what's happening with this election. There's a back and forth. Is Trump going to win this out in the courts? Is Biden going to actually end up becoming president? We could go back and forth all day long on that. Uh, again, I know that a lot of remote viewers out there predicted Trump as the winner. But there's so many variables in there that could account for that, and, and it may in fact be Biden. When I hear Biden's agendas and what he's looking at, I feel that it fits greater with what I'm seeing as the global global plan for the future. But I also see Trump fitting in the place as the great divider. And I don't think we can get to where they're planning to be until we are completely divided and dismantling things. And maybe a Trump win over this uh, president-elect Biden would be that the you know the, the match in the box of tinder that's going to really cause everything to just fall apart. And again, I know I'm talking, you know, out there stuff, but am I really? I mean, if Trump wins, how's that going to play out in the United States of America? It, it may get really ugly. Um, so again, things to be mindful of. So I, I'm going to play a clip that I found through Instagram. Uh, it was shared by I can't see who shared it now, but there was an, there's a copy of a of a Fox News presentation by Tucker Carlson. Uh, take that for what it's worth. I'm, I often disagree with, with Tucker Carlson, um, but I want to play some of this clip because I think it's relevant to where we're going. And if you haven't looked into the Great Reset yet, I need you to start understanding what that is. You want to understand when is the lockdown going to end? What's going on with COVID? You need to understand the Great Reset. You need to understand none of this is an accident. And for me, that's a scary thing to realize, but it's also get taking away so much anxiety because I have a general idea that we're going through some hard stuff. So I'm not expecting it to just get better next week. I'm expecting all these challenges. And for my own psychological health, yeah, that was hard in the beginning, but I feel that it's made things a lot easier as opposed to just saying, well, once I get the vaccine, the world's going to go back to normal. I don't think that's the plan there, friends. All right, so let me play this clip from, uh, from Tucker Carlson. Here we go. And, it's, and the, the title of it is Tucker Carlson. The elites want COVID-19 lockdowns to usher in a great reset, and that should terrify you. I'm not trying to peddle the fear porn here, friends, but just listen. Watch this video from September. You may not have seen it. It wasn't played much in this country. This is the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, speaking to the United Nations. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. Oh, this is our chance, says Justin Trudeau. Not our chance to save you from a virus with a 99% survival rate. You'll almost certainly be fine, and they're fully aware of that. This is our chance to impose totally unprecedented social controls on the population in order to bypass democracy and change everything to conform with their weird academic theories that have never been tested in the real world and, by the way, don't actually make sense. This is their chance. Quote, this pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. 
end quote. Keep in mind, that's not from QAnon. That is a head of state talking. And he's... Okay. Uh, I'll have this link in the show notes. You can watch the rest of this. This is a seven-minute clip that I pulled for it. I think it's curious that he mentioned QAnon. Even though he's uh, saying it's not coming from QAnon, he's you know basically saying QAnon and these crazy people, but the head of state's saying it here. He mentioned QAnon in this. Now, what did I talk about uh, a minute ago with the targeted uh, remote viewing target of QAnon and their possible agenda based on the data that we received? Is there something bigger going on here, friends? I think there most certainly is. The question is, what is that? There's so much data, it can be interpreted so many different ways. Again, you need to look at these resources and draw your own conclusions. But I think this is stuff that's important to be mindful of. Now, where is this leading? There's a video that came out. It was released by the World Economic Forum. Now, we covered the World Economic Forum stuff uh, with crypto viewing months ago. They met back in January. They meet every single year, and you have the top world leaders, financial experts, and they dictate basically where the world's going in the future. Digital currency, cryptocurrency is a big one. They know that that's where we're going. And also this green initiative to, to address climate change. But here's the end game, at least by 2030. 2030 is a big year. It's an important year. Why do you think David Dubine has a, a, a platform called Adapt 2030? He's looking at what's going on with climate change and how that's going to decimate a lot of the global food supply and bring a lot of changes with our, our geographical political lines and, and, and laws and regulations. And it's going to impact a lot of lives negatively. There's a hardship coming because we're not appropriately preparing for it. Here's the plan right here. November 12th, 2020, this article came out from offguardian.org, referencing the World Economic Forum's plans here. Own nothing and be happy. The Great Reset's vision of the future. World Economic Forum's video tells us about the plans for humanity in the year 2030. You'll own nothing and be happy. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting at the end of January in Davos, Switzerland, brings together international business and political leaders, economists, and other high-profile individuals to discuss global issues. Driven by the vision of its influential CEO, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum is the main driving force for the dystopian Great Reset, a tectonic shift that intends to change how we live, work, and interact with each other. And again, this was my point of frustration, I think, in in looking at all this is that we are not in control of our own evolution and destiny. We're not. We're in control of our own decision space and how we react to this higher hand, higher authority manipulating things. But as of right now, based on our understanding, based on our ability to communicate, we don't have control of the helm here. The Great Reset entails a transformation of society resulting in permanent restrictions on fundamental liberties and mass surveillance as entire sectors are sacrificed to boost the monopoly of the hegemony of pharmaceutical corporations, high-tech, big data giants, Amazon, Google, major global chains, and digital payment sector biotech concerns, etc. Using COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions to push through this transformation, the Great Reset is being rolled out under the guise of a fourth industrial revolution in which older enterprises are to be driven to bankruptcy. Look at all the businesses that are closing right now again, and they're going to be, when are they closing? Right before the Christmas holiday season, they're going to bankrupt. They're not going to recover from this. All right, back to the article. We're absorbed into monopolies, effectively shutting down huge sections of the pre-COVID economy. 
Economies are being restructured, and many jobs will be carried out by AI-driven machines. Think back to the article I just shared about drywalling. In a short video showcased on social media, the World Economic Forum predicts that by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. I watched the video. That is exactly what they say. It is put out by the World Economic Forum. All right, and it goes into a uh, happy smiling face is depicted while a drone delivers a product to a household, no doubt ordered online and packaged by a robot in a giant Amazon warehouse. No humans were involved in manufacturing, packaging, and delivering this product. Rest assured, it's virus and bacteria-free because even in 2030, they will keep they will need to keep the fear narrative alive and well to maintain full-spectrum dominance over the population. Dennis, that's insane. They're not going to have automated drones that are going to your house and delivering things without anybody having human hands on it. What did I just share about Walmart testing their driverless drone vehicles to deliver groceries to your front door? This is happening. There's a lot of pieces going on here, my friends, and I don't know that we're prepared for it. We need to, at a minimum right now, mentally prepare for these challenges that we're facing. Some of them might be pretty extreme. Again, what I come back to is what they're calling for is a time of peace. Now, the movement is looking for more equality. Now, one of the big slogans in the cryptocurrency world is to bank the unbanked. They're looking at the poverty in the third world. Poverty that, quote, they created, for the record. I want to be quite clear about that. But now, all of a sudden, they care. Why? What do the banks tell us? It's the next 3 billion customers. So they're working very hard. The tech's there. The infrastructure's there. The rollout has already started very hard in the third world. And they want to get these people who don't have access to wealth, to the internet, to commerce, and they want to get them connected. They want to get them their digital ID. They want, how are they going to do that? Here's your smart feature phone. It's not quite a smartphone. It's a smart feature phone. You can earn money by by uh, being, uh, being allowing us to access the net, and you can mine up to X amount of dollars per month, which will help feed your family, and you can engage in this economy now and have more food to feed your family. That is a no-brainer for connecting 3 billion people to this stuff. It's also going to give them access to all the other advertisements and propaganda that you want people to have. Now, that's great. You know, right now they have the smartphones. We all know the next step we go from, as David Icke tells us, we go from the handhelds to the wearables to the implantables. So that's where this is all going. Now we're looking to get the whole population basically connected to this. Again, this stuff that I'm saying right now is not conspiracy theory. This is not basement tinfoil hat. This is reality. This is where we're going. We need to look beyond COVID-19 and the fear, some of it valid, that we're experiencing right now and think, what's the next step? How do I prepare for that? How do my, me and my family prepare for that? I'm not saying that we need to find a way to stop it. I honestly don't believe that we can. How can we integrate our lives to maintain our sovereignty and our happiness while this transition happens around us? How do we learn the system, learn to navigate the system so we can survive and thrive in the system? Live to fight another day. That's where we are right now, my friends, in, in my personal opinion. Okay, I'm going to share something that I've, I've shared on a previous show. But I need to come back to it because it's, it's very important. Um, and when I ask the question, where is this going? Um, 
I, I reference I didn't reference this portion of the book, but Bob Monroe's book, Far Journeys. If you haven't read Bob Monroe's work, I, th- I highly recommend. It. He's got three books: Journeys Outside the Body, Far Journeys, and Ultimate Journeys. I think there's another piece to this, and this is what I say about psychic data, about remote viewing data, um, about out of body travel data. It doesn't mean it's all correct, but you can take pieces of that information and it corroborates other things that we see. It's not the end-all be-all, but it is a piece of valuable intelligence that we can use as we're analyzing and processing things. Okay, so Bob went far into the future, I think 3,000 years or the year 3,000, I forget, and he encountered some beings there, and he was in on Earth. I'm just going to read a little bit here. Um, he said, I opened as much as I could. What's this place? You passed through it when you entered Earth. As she sent it to me, I immediately got the flash of, a, of the sparkling ring. This is our reference point until we decide to. She trailed off and closed. I tried to smooth. Decide to what? She opened slightly. I, uh, graduate. I let that one rest for the moment. What do you do in the meantime? She rolled slightly. Well, for one, we make and gather, what did you call it? Loosh, like honeybees, or Guernsey cows, only now... We know what we're doing and why, and we're happy to do it. I want to pause right there for a minute. If you read Food for the Archons, and I highly recommend it, I talk about, in a lot of places from a a point of fear, that we're being fed off of by consumers who are manipulating certain events in the world to create emotions of fear and loneliness within the human family because the frequency of energy that we produce from that is a desirable form of nourishment and a power source. What this book is saying now, and Luce came from Bob Monroe. He's the one that coined that term. What this part of the book is saying that in the future, we will willingly produce Luce because we understand why. Okay, let me keep going. I turned inward and closed. This one I did not understand, but the vastness of the change was near unbelievable. But I was here, and the evidence was all around me. The interstate to freedom. I opened again. What else do you do? She slightly smoothed. Experience earth consciousness, not just in physical human form. Remember, we can only feel part of it. Just a part? Now we go through it completely, from the smallest unicellular life up, millions of different life cycles, most of which we were unaware of as only physical humans. Even the physical earth itself has an active consciousness. You can check Edward Reardon's uh, Earth's core data on that one. All right, back to the book. I let that one go by too because I couldn't resist the follow-up. The natural food chain process, it still exists and you experience it from beginning to end? She came back gently. It's an important part of the learning process. We couldn't make loose without it. Hey, Ram, BB could stay out no stay out of it no longer. Some change, huh? No more haze, no more M-band noise, no more locked-in rings. Want me to show you around? Okay. Okay, I want to fast forward further into the book here. This is page 232. I'm just going to give you a piece of this. Okay. Okay. He's talking about an event. Danger, physical danger, mental, the... Those are the possibilities, the exact nature of which will be determined by the event itself. Whatever you precept may be is one of the possibilities. One or several will occur. 
the other side, the opportunity. That is the key to understanding, to the understanding of the event. It will offer human consciousness a rare potential to emerge rapidly into a unified intelligent energy system that will range far beyond your time-space illusion, creating, constructing, teaching as only a human-trained graduate energy is able to do. Our visit to Earth in 3000 plus, a possibility that may become probable with the event. Your action is one of the minute random factors that make it so. If the opportunity is missed, humans will retreat as the dominant species on Earth till they no longer survive as active consciousness, eventually in any form. I asked it directly. And you, all of you, what will you do if that takes place? There is a beautiful warmth and a soft smile in the response. We just have to start up some action on some other planet in time-space with new humans. All right, friends. In my opinion, that's the goal. There are great influencers and manipulators that are orchestrating a particular evolution of human consciousness. Now, they said unified, so that tells me that human consciousness will eventually be connected Maybe as a hive mind, maybe as a one giant AI. Now we see that happening as we're talking about uploading our consciousness to the cloud, about connecting via Neuralink, about nanotechnology being put in our brains and connecting to an AI. AI is the, but what is AI? AI is the technological representation of human consciousness. It will evolve beyond human consciousness However, if it incorporates human consciousness into its own mainframe, maybe we become one and the same. Maybe that is how we evolve. Maybe that is how we transcend the chaos that we see. They talk about M-band noise in Bob Monroe's book. I know from experience and working with some of the top remote viewers, during this time right now, Connecting with certain targets is very difficult because there's so much noise, so much psychic and emotional noise out there that contaminates and pulls you in. Now, well-trained viewers are able to navigate through that. Again, this is the year 3000, but is this the beginning of that transition? People willingly, or these consciousness, these conscious entities willingly produce loose. They go in and experience every life form from the tiniest cell through billions of years but they understand why now. Are we not seeing the bigger picture here? If we're happy, does it matter? Are we just resisting a change? Are we resisting this change because this is what we're programmed to do? Because without conflict, we will not grow. So maybe our feeling, our drive to resistance is what we're programmed to do. I want you to think on that long term. I want you to read Bob Monroe's book, his books actually, and ponder that because there's several levels of this game being played out. And on some levels, it's terrifying. Some levels, it's rebellious. Some levels, it's exciting. What is the big picture? I think this information speaks to it. That doesn't mean this isn't going to be hard. That doesn't mean we're not going to experience bad things. That doesn't mean Life forms around us aren't going to commit terrible acts. But maybe if we understand a little bit more about the bigger picture, maybe we can find some hope 
maybe we can come up with a different plan. Because it sounds like the potential to change it is still there. But will that be in our best interests? According to the source here, no, human consciousness will disappear. But maybe that's just a fear-based statement. Some things to consider, my friends. It's heavy. I know I covered a lot. I know I got a little woo-woo. I know I got a little weird. I gave a disclaimer at the beginning. Take it for what it's worth. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. What are your thoughts? Have I completely lost my mind or not? Okay, Uh, I got to do a quick commercial here. We are getting upon the shopping season, the holiday season. What better gift than a book? Now, again, I want to talk about food. I am human food for the archons. Um, it's an excellent read, and, and this book is designed for this book is designed for the person who's looking for answers. I don't have the answers in there. I have possibility. I have questions, but it's written in a way for the person who is unfamiliar with certain topics. They can easily understand the connections and the threads. It opens you up to possibility, and that was my main goal with this book. If you want to understand, if you're trying to get a better perspective of things, I highly recommend I Am Human Food for the Archons. You can find it at SixthSenseMedia.net and on Amazon.com. This book is not the book you throw at somebody who you want to, quote, wake up. It will have that effect on them, but that's not why I wrote it. I don't think that's fair because we're all called to this journey. This is not, it's not fair to say you need to read this and change your worldview because a paradigm shift is traumatic and some people aren't ready for it because that's not their journey. So please be mindful of that if you give this book out as a gift. The person has to be receptive to it and ready for that journey because it's hard and it's challenging. And I also still have the book for free, part one of Food for the Archons, I Am Human and We're Not Who We Think We Are. You can find that at sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human, and you'll subscribe to the secret newsletter and get access to that book. I haven't put out a newsletter since COVID started. My plan is to have one out by the end of this month, November 2020. Uh, I'm working on a newsletter this weekend so I can have it out by the end of the month. I'm changing how I do it just because time has been crazy. So that newsletter is going to uh, hopefully be a monthly thing now and be packed full with uh, with great stuff for all of you out there. I want to thank you for continuing to support the show and to uh, to listen to me ramble on from time to time about things as I see it. This is always very therapeutic for me, and I hope you find the information of value. I'm going to let uh, the words of Bruce Lee take us out, and I think it's great advice. Be like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can flow, water can crash. Be water, my friends. During these times, we need to be water into a cup. Dennis Nappy II here with Six Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide. Thank you.